Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in, Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. Coming out of a great weekend of sports, a lot of football, and of course a disappointing ending to the IU-Louisville football game on Saturday. Obviously we will talk a lot about that today on the show. Uh, Some confusing moments I thought with play calling, uh, but maybe a star has been born in QB1 Taven Jackson. I like what I see out of him. Uh, perhaps he makes me think a little bit more of IU football and perhaps what they can get accomplished this season, but definitely a disappointing finish. I thought it was a good game in the fact that Indiana was close. I never believed that Louisville was a 10.5-point favorite. I thought Louisville would win by two or three touchdowns, to be quite honest, heading into the game. So it's a victory in the fact that Indiana kept it close, battled. It was an entertaining game in the second half especially, but Indiana got closer than I thought they would and uh, had some other opportunities there at the end of the ball game uh, or throughout the game, perhaps you could say, and it just didn't go their way. And again, some interesting moments as far as the play calling goes. But we'll talk about that some later today. Lots to get to from a football and basketball perspective here on the program. So welcome into our Monday show. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll take a look in this opening segment. A couple things on IU football. I'm going to save that for a little bit later in the show. We'll get into a couple IU basketball recruiting notes, including a new scholarship offer in the class of 2025, although it's no surprise. We'll recap. uh, I saw Lindy's, uh, the preseason college basketball preview edition, is out. And we'll tell you where Indiana stands in the Lindy's predictions. Inside the hall, they've been ranking the top 25 players heading into the preseason in the Big Ten Conference. They finally worked their way down over the weekend for 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. And we'll tell you who the best five individual players are in the conference, according to Inside the Hall, uh, also in this opening segment. And we'll get into a little bit of high school football uh, in this segment as well. Providence, a big win over Charlestown. That was the game of the week heading into Friday night. The Pioneers are still undefeated. They've got a big game to close the regular season a number of weeks from now against North Harrison. That is going to be a big game uh, for both teams, but especially the Pioneers to close out the regular season. Uh, So we'll talk about Providence. They continue to be the story, really, of the high school football season. I think we kind of thought they might be, and they are playing good football. And uh, Floyd Central as well. I've got my eye on the Highlanders. They got a win over rival Jeffersonville. 
on Friday night. So we'll tell you more about Floyd Central and the great season that they are putting together as well. Later today, no Zach Osterman. He is in the Tom Allen press conference today. So I'm going to do my best to walk you through some IU Louisville football stuff, uh, IU football stuff in general. We'll get into a couple IU basketball things in the second segment as well. And then later in the show on Mondays, Chad Gilbert, he's the IHSA executive board member here locally and Charlestown High School's athletic director as well. He's going to join us as we talk local sports, high school football, uh, a lot of things going on right now. And with Chad, last night we got the season finale of season two of Winning Time on HBO or HBO Max. If you followed the show documenting the Showtime Lakers after the show ended, it comes on at 9 o'clock. It was wonderful. Lots of Larry Bird, lots of Magic Johnson last night. That's kind of how we got hooked into this deal. But after the show, we found out that HBO has canceled the series. They are not going to roll into a Series 3, and that is extremely disappointing. If you've watched that show and you're a basketball nut, and I know a lot of you are, I've heard from some of you that watch it, maybe you heard about Winning Time on this show because of Chad and I's weekly conversations, or almost weekly conversations about it. Um, disappointing that it's been canceled. Could I don't know TV. I don't really get into series and streaming and uh, all that too often, but this is one show that has hooked me for sure. Is it possible that another network could pick it up uh, or another streaming platform like a Netflix could pick it up? I know there's, what, a strike right now in the acting world, I think. I know the auto industry seems to be going through a lot of that stuff right now as well. Um, I don't know if someone said Netflix was cutting things back as well. I have no clue of that industry, nor do I really want to know, but I would like to see Winning Time continue. And right as the show came to an end last night, we found out, uh, on social media is where I found out that HBO announced it had been canceled. So we'll take you through the last episode. Obviously, if you haven't watched it and you think it's something that might be up your alley, you can still find it on uh, Max Streaming uh, as well. All right, uh, that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham out today for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think that you'll be glad you did. And the Thornton's text line is open. It's always open on the show. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Uh, love to hear from you on IU's performance against Louisville football uh, on uh, Providence so far this season. We're going to talk some high school football here in the show. Whatever you want to send in, love to hear from you. We'll do our best to work it in to the program today. That number, 502 414 1450, again, 502-414-1450. All right, uh, let's get into some Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We're going to get more IU football coming up a little bit later in the show, but I do want to touch on Indiana's loss to Louisville over the weekend. Obviously disappointing, but in some ways I think there are some positives to take out of the game. 
And I tell you, one of the positives that I think is Taven Jackson. Um, he has got some promise. He threw some great passes. I just like how he plays. I like how he carries himself on the field. I think that there could be some good moments with him. Now, Indiana still has a lot of tough games coming up. That's for sure. There's a number of Big Ten opponents ahead that uh, are going to overmatch Indiana. I don't have any uh, problem believing that statement at all. But things could get a little more interesting with Taven Jackson based on what we saw in the 21-14 loss for the Hoosiers to Louisville over the weekend. And I like the setup of things after a – you know, a rivalry-type game, a big field game like the Louisville game at Lucas Oil Stadium. Now the Hoosiers go home. They go to um, to Memorial Stadium. They take on a smaller opponent in Akron, who Indiana will be a big favorite over on Saturday night. That's a 7:30 kickoff, and it's really a tune-up game for Taven Jackson and the Hoosiers heading into Big Ten play. Maryland and then Michigan and Rutgers all ahead for this Indiana football team. So uh, a big weekend. It's not a sexy opponent. It's not a a major game on the schedule for the Hoosiers, but it's definitely an important game. Not only is it a game Indiana's got to win, but it's a game Indiana's got to use as a tune-up to get ready for much tougher competition ahead. So Indiana 1-2 and on the season. I think that's where I would have. It's where I did predict him to be, heading into this upcoming week of college football. They should be back to 500 uh, at two and two going into Big Ten play the rest of the way, and then it comes down to what do you think of the Big Ten conference so far this year? There's going to be games that I think Indiana has absolutely zero chance in, like the Michigan game coming up on October 14th. There's uh, games that Indiana has a chance in. And perhaps an opportunity that Indiana is a favorite in one of their games the rest of the way. But I really think they're all going to be battles for this Indiana team. So uh, can they get uh, to three or four wins? Can they surpass what uh, I I thought and a lot of other people thought? I think I said three wins this season for the Hoosiers. Um, I think they're going to get to two for sure. I think three is very, very possible. But I wouldn't bet on who it's going to come against. I think there are a ton of 50-50 games ahead on this Indiana football schedule the rest of the way once you get past the Akron contest, of course. But more IU football coming up. Taven Jackson, did you like him? Do you think he's the future? Do you think he can lead this team to a better season than what we think and what Indiana was predicted? Love to hear from you. Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. One other thing, Tom Allen was asked a lot about this after the game, but Indiana's failed fourth and goal play call in that Louisville game. It, it didn't work. Uh, Indiana needed less than a yard to tie Louisville with less than, I think, what, five minutes remaining in the game. But the Hoosiers get shut out of the end zone on the fourth and goal opportunity, and the play call just simply didn't work. And so Tom Allen was obviously asked about that after the game and had to address that after the game. And we'll have more on that coming up a little bit later as well. IU basketball, a couple notes to mention when it comes to recruiting. Obviously, with Indiana at home this coming weekend, you can bet that there will be uh, a number of visitors on campus. Uh, All these home football opportunities are big for the basketball program as well. But over the weekend, Braylon Mullins, in-state player who is really on the rise in the class of 2025, He is from Greenfield Central, just to the west of Indianapolis. 
he officially got an offer from the Hoosiers following an unofficial visit to the IU campus on Friday. So Mullins checked in before the big IU-Louisville game at Lucas Oil on Saturday. Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Cincinnati, Iowa, all high major teams that have offered uh, recently offered Mullins a scholarship. Now you can add Indiana to the list. Mullins averaged just shy of 17 points last season. As a sophomore, 5.2 rebounds, 2.6 steals. He shot 58% from the field, 47% from three-point range, and a 77% clip from the free throw line. He's a wing player, I would say, in college. Um, and uh, obviously he'll kind of be the playmaker all the way around for his high school team in the coming seasons. But Braylon Mullen, he picked up an IU scholarship offer over the weekend. I think we all thought it was just a matter of time. He now has offers. I mentioned Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Cincinnati, Iowa, and he's got a list two or three times as long from high major programs that are now recruiting him that may have not offered him a scholarship. But he's got a lot more offers coming, I think, especially with a good junior season of high school basketball. He'll have a long list of Big Ten scholarship offers. One other recruiting note, uh, Derek Queen. I saw a report over the weekend that Queen is going to take some additional visits to uh, more maybe than what were initially reported. So don't expect any kind of real quick decision from him following his campus visit to Bloomington now over a week ago. Uh, where is he? He was at LSU this past weekend, going to be in Houston. We knew he added that visit uh, one of the early weekends in October, and now he's added Maryland the uh, October 20th through the 22nd. He, in addition to Indiana, he's already been to Kansas as well as far as senior year official visits. But six foot nine. Derek Queen, a big name out there. Indiana's been with him in the recruiting process for a while. Indiana trying to work that Montverde connection. They had McNeely and uh, obviously Givens there as well uh, with Queen a few weeks ago when they all made campus visits to Bloomington. But uh, definitely a big trio there for one high school program, and we'll see how uh, Indiana fares in the sweepstakes of landing some of those key players out of Florida. Also, another recruiting note as well, uh, another scholarship offer over the weekend for Indiana, and I just had the name here just a moment ago, but a uh, 2025 forward named Nate Amit. Uh, he received an offer from Coach Woodson on Sunday evening, he told the Peaks.com website. So he is uh, number 13 in the 2025 class. I know Indiana watched him back in the spring in some of the live periods then, but Amit is from Virginia, and he goes to the Highland School in Warrenton, uh, is where he'll be at for the upcoming season. So Indiana with a lot of offers out there, Indiana, one of the first to get in on um, a mint as far as the scholarship offer. He had an offer from Creighton, uh, and now all of a sudden his uh, his scholarship offers have exploded. Not only Indiana getting in as one of the early schools, but Duke, LSU, Virginia, Providence, Iowa, Maryland, Illinois, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and others uh, have been in on him, and some of those schools have offered him already. So, But Indiana fairly early to get to the table with him, although his recruiting is beginning to explode. 
preseason college basketball magazines beginning to hit grocery stores and newsstands. They probably don't carry the importance that they once did for the college basketball diehards because of all the information and all the websites and even subscription-based websites online. But the Lindy's Magazine is one of the traditions that lets you know the college basketball season is beginning. And, of course, Xavier Johnson is uh, on the regional cover for this area. But just some notes from there. Indiana is six in the Big Ten Conference in the preseason, according to Lindy's. They've got six Big, team, six Big Ten teams ranked in the Lindy's preseason top 40. Uh, Kansas is number one, by the way, who Indiana will play this season. Other Big Ten teams, Purdue is number three, Michigan State number four. Maryland comes in at number 25, Wisconsin is 27th. Illinois at 33rd, and Indiana the last of the Big Ten teams in the top 40 at number 38. Uh, Other non-conference opponents in the top 40, Connecticut is number 12, and Auburn is number 29. Indiana could play Texas up in New York. Texas is number 19 in the uh, preseason top 40. Seven Big Ten teams, according to Lindy's, are projected to make the 24 NCAA tournament, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. And Lindy's has, in case you're wondering and are already thinking ahead about March Madness, they've got Purdue and Michigan State as final four teams uh, in this 2024 college basketball season. This is interesting as well. Lindy's ranks the conferences of college basketball and it has the Big Ten second behind the Big 12, which I think fits in well, and I would agree with that for the upcoming season. Three Big Ten players on the Lindy's preseason All-American team, Zach Eady, preseason first team, and national player of the year pick is the Bullmaker, Terrence Shannon of, of Illinois, a first team pick, and Jameer Young of Maryland. He's on the preseason second team uh, representing the Big Ten Conference. And as far as the order to win the Big Ten Conference, Purdue obviously first, Michigan State, then Maryland, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois, Indiana six, as I mentioned, Ohio State, Northwestern, Iowa, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan, way down there, Nebraska, and Minnesota in last place. So just some notes from the Lindy's College Basketball Preview Always fun to go through that stuff. Always fun to think about that stuff as the season draws near. And inside the hall, along with umhoops.com, they've been ranking the top 25 players in the Big Ten Conference here in the preseason uh, between, I don't know, the last couple weeks and over the weekend. Uh, They uh, announced them five at a time. They started with 25 down to 21, 20 down to 16. And over the weekend, they went 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So, No Indiana players in the top five. I don't think anybody's surprised by that, but we all track the conference closely because of the Hoosiers. So who are projected to be the top players in the Big Ten this year? Number five, I'll count them down as they did. Boo Booey of Northwestern, six-foot-two guard, a fifth-year senior. I don't think anybody would leave him out of the top five. Definitely someone expected to have a big year in the conference. Jameer Young, he's a preseason All-American. I just mentioned that from Lindy's. He's number four, headed into the Big Ten season for this year. From Maryland, six-foot-one guard, also a fifth-year senior. Tyson Walker of Michigan State, six-foot-one guard, 
also a fifth-year senior, catching on to a little bit of a routine here. Number two, Terrence Shannon Jr. of Illinois, six-foot-six guard. Guess what? Also a fifth-year senior. Thought he was definitely headed to the NBA after last season, but he is back for a fifth year of college basketball. And then Zach Eady, Purdue, the big seven-foot-four center. He is a senior, a true senior. He is the top player, as you would expect, in the Big Ten Conference for the upcoming season. So that top five, very solid, very talented. Four of those five are fifth-year seniors. Obviously, Edie, one of five. He is a uh, true senior, so you've got a lot of experience leading some of these Big Ten Conference teams this year. Whereas Indiana, they've got some experience with Xavier Johnson and others that are back, but they're intending on mixing a lot of new talent, whether it's from the transfer portal or incoming players to the program for the upcoming season. But uh, definitely an interesting mix, we'll say, in the conference this year of key returning players, fifth-year seniors, upperclassmen, and then a lot of new faces coming in to see how things shake out. That's our headlines here in segment number one with Zach Osterman in the Tom Allen media availability right now. We're going to take a commercial break Come back and recap some high school football over the weekend. More on Indiana and Louisville as well. And then still to come later in the show, Chad Gilbert, IHSA Executive Board Member and Charlestown Athletic Director joins us as we talk local sports as well. Stay with us. This is a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Now's a great time. We don't have Zach Osterman in this segment. So uh, give me your opinions on Indiana's football's performance over the weekend. What'd you think of Tom Allen's play calling there late in the ball game? What'd you think of Taven Jackson in his, I guess you could say, official debut as the Mark quarterback number one for this Indiana football program. We'll talk some of that here in this segment. Uh, But first, I want to pick up on headlines that we did not get to in segment one. Normally, we're so crowded on Monday, I don't have as much time as I'd like to get to high school football, but I do want to spend some time with it now. Um, Providence, a big win over Charlestown over the weekend. The Pioneers are undefeated. They are the headline of the area when it comes to high school football this season. I think that I thought that. I think a lot of people thought Providence had a chance to put together the best record and maybe the best season, maybe the opportunity for the best postseason or to win a sectional championship of area teams. But I'm not sure that I saw Providence undefeated uh, in the position they are are right now. Uh, I thought this Charlestown game could maybe be a slip-up Uh, for them, or or a tough one at least for them. And not only did the Pioneers pass the test with a victory, but they handled, for the most part, Charlestown 42 
14 was the final score on Friday night. As I look ahead at Providence and you get to that midway point, or I guess just beyond the midway point after week five on Friday night, with the Pioneers 5-0 and on the season, now is the point of the year where for sure the questions come, can this Providence team finish the year undefeated? Well, let's look ahead. Next week they're going to play Irvington Prep Academy, who I don't believe is eligible for the postseason this year. They are 0-5 headed into the Friday night game, uh, and it's on the road. It is at Irvington Prep, which I believe is in the Indianapolis area. Uh, Providence, obviously, a cakewalk for them in that contest. A lot of subs, maybe JV players you would expect, but get the call for that game on Friday night. But that win Friday over Irvington Prep would put Indy, uh, would put Providence to a 6-0 and season so far. Then they've got Milan coming up the following week, and Milan has been solid this year. They are three wins and two losses on the season. They've got Eastern Hancock, Hancock coming up this week before they play at Providence, but that's ahead for the Pioneers. Then they have Corden in the second to last week of the season, and Corden 0-5 on the year, so that should be an easy game for Providence. And What's that Providence-Charlestown game completed? The next regular season game that's honestly on my schedule that I think will be fun and have a, a lot of impact maybe is the final game of the year for Providence. They will uh, take on host North Harrison, who is 4-1 on the year. North Harrison defeated Charlestown earlier in the season. They uh, only lost this year is to Brownstown. That was a 40-7 loss for the Cougars, but uh, there's a great chance that uh, we'll see a one-loss North Harrison team and a no-loss Providence team in the final week of the regular season. So that's where it's looking like for Providence. It's the possibilities of an undefeated season, I think, are very real. The possibilities of a 1A sectional 48 good performance and maybe a championship possible for the Pioneers looking ahead to that. Springs Valley, 4-1 out of that sectional. Uh, Eastern Green, 3-2. Also West Washington, 3-2. North Davies, been watching them. They are 4-1 on the season, but talking to people that know that area of high school football a lot more than me, uh, they think Providence is the favorite to win uh, that 1A sectional. So, could Providence win a sectional? Could they make a run beyond that? I know we're doing a lot of ifs here, counting games the rest of the way and looking at where things are at in the sectional so far. I do know if they won the uh, sectional, they would likely take on Indianapolis Lutheran in the regional round, I believe it is, who is very, very dominant, and I think the heavy favorite, or at least one of them, in 1A football this season. But that's kind of a snapshot of the Pioneers so far. They're doing it as a team. They're winning games, not just winning, but by big margins. And uh, they're a team to watch for sure. I think the uh, Pioneers are the real deal this season. And uh, best of luck to them and Coach McDonald moving forward. An undefeated regular season is huge in this area. Some tournament success, even just a sectional championship, is so hard to do in local football. So we'll see if Providence can be the banner winner this season when it comes locally. And another team that... We've got to comment on here. We're talking about good seasons as Floyd Central. The Red Devils with the, excuse me, the Highlanders with a nice win over the Red Devils on Friday night. 
And uh, this Floyd Central team, they have had a couple thrillers this year. I'm thinking specifically about the Terre Haute South game and obviously the Jeffersonville, uh, uh, excuse me, the uh, Seymour game as well. That was a crazy come from behind 50 to 47 win. But Floyd Central 4-1 and one on the season. Um, they're having a good year. Coach Bragg and the Highlanders doing some big things, looking the rest of the way for Floyd Central. Uh, now that rival Jeff is out of the way, Floyd and Columbus East, the Highlanders will be a favorite in that game. I believe Floyd will be a favorite in the Bedford-North Lawrence game, likely the Jennings County game, and definitely the New Albany game as the Bulldogs just one and four on the season. So can Floyd go the rest of the way without a slip-up, without another loss? Can the Highlanders finish the regular season with just one loss? They compete in sectional 16 in Class 5A, which is just a four-teamer. Evansville North, who's 3-2 and two so far. New Albany, 1-4. and four. Castle, always a strong football program. They are 3-2 and two on the season. Castle actually lost to Evansville North, so those two teams might be neck and neck. But it's possible the Highlanders. You could make an argument that they are the favorite in that sectional. But uh, definitely some fun moments in the high school football season ahead, that is for sure. A couple of texts on the Thornton's text line. Texter says, Providence football is real. Charlestown was missing six starters with a couple others banged up and not even close to 100%. Don't count them out. So I guess Texter saying Providence is the real deal and uh, Charlestown missing some players, not to count them out at this point of the season. And another Texter says, do you really think Providence could beat Floyd Central in football? Uh, Providence is a good team, but their schedules aren't comparable. I don't think I said that Providence would beat Floyd Central. I don't think I made a prediction on that at all. But speaking of that, it would be nice to see more rivalry games and what a year for Providence and the Highlanders to meet up. A undefeated Providence team, a one-loss Floyd Central team. It's a shame that we don't get those great fan bases going back and forth and those great kind of rivalry games. But, yeah, I'd have to think long and hard about that and uh, dissect that a little bit more before I'd be willing to pick a favorite between Providence and Floyd Central. They're not on each other's schedule. They're totally different sizes as far as classes go. But I do miss some of those rivalry games. But, hey, Providence, they were playing New Albany and Jeff and Floyd Central. A lot of big schools on the Pioneer schedule totally understand why they had to change things up a little bit. But, boy, that New Albany-Providence game to open up the regular season for years and years and years, especially the Sartini years. It was a, a great matchup for sure. But as far as thinking Providence could beat Floyd Central in football, I'm not even going to get into I'm not even going to get into that because both teams are having a great year kind of on opposite spectrums of each other as far as size and conferences and sectionals and so forth. But congratulations to both teams. All right, uh, that's a look at some high school football. A couple other things I wanted to mention. Uh, IU football as well since we don't have Zach Osterman today. Taven Jackson, uh, we mentioned how good at times, especially in the second half, he looked. And just to kind of run back things from Saturday, you know, Indiana down at half, uh, I thought maybe out of the game at halftime, 21-0 was the score. It would have been easy for a, a newcomer, uh, a guy very early in his QB1 career to get rattled, to come out uh, not in the second half with any kind of pop. And that's the opposite of what happened, Taven Jackson was ready to go and had Indiana moving in the second half. It looked like a much different team. Of course, Coach Allen took some hits after the game. 
being asked by uh, the media about his play call. Uh, and he said it didn't work. And uh, he said, quote, that's what I'm sure you guys are going to focus on. But there's a lot of other variables leading up to that. But, yeah, the play didn't work. I wish we would have called something else. But I'm not going to. I love our coaches, love our team. We just got to keep battling. But I did think that was a bad moment for Indiana, the way that play broke down, let's say that, and did not work for the Hoosiers in such a key time. It wasn't even really close, to be quite honest with you, uh, when you look at the overall situation. But Taven Jackson, he's one of the bright spots coming out of that game. Indiana's got a few bright spots as you think ahead to Big Ten football and what's ahead. But Jackson, I think with more experience, with more snaps, with more um, comfort maybe as the starter, this was the first game that he knew going into it, that we knew going into it, he was going to be the full-time starter for the Hoosiers. We'll see what he can do. And uh, could the future look bright with Taven Jackson as quarterback after a off-season battle where there wasn't a lot of great things said about either candidate, uh, both were kind of vanilla, uh, nothing stood out or split the two apart. Uh, Taven Jackson has done some things that are very interesting and going to be interesting to see and fun to follow him uh, in the coming weeks for this Indiana football team. Even if Indiana runs into a lot of roadblocks, and again, they play Akron next week, that should be a victory. But even if they get into these Big Ten games and are overmatched and do take some losses, as I think they're expected to do, the development of Taven Jackson for the future is definitely one of the things to watch moving forward for this Indiana team. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to get your questions and comments. You can send them in on the Thornton's text line. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown AD, IHSA executive board member. He joins us in the next segment. A little more high school football and other local sports all coming up. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And uh, don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can find us there. Chad Gilbert, he's IHSA executive board member for our local area and Charlestown High School's athletic director. He's with us Mondays as we talk local sports. And, Chad, I just can't believe it. The weather may be starting to change a little bit. It's definitely cooling down. Friday night felt like football weather, and you had a big crowd, a big game at Charlestown High School. Matt, it was a great crowd. It was a great night for homecoming. The weather was awesome. Now, this week looks like it's going to be about 90 again, but it's a different time of year this year. When the sun goes down, it can be hot during the day. It feels like football weather at night. Um, great crowd, great atmosphere. Uh, teams went at it. We were a little shorthanded. Uh, Providence is a very good team. They, uh, I think they've got a chance to make, make a nice 1A run. It just depends on when they run across Indy Lutheran. 
Yeah, absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest, talking local sports. Is Floyd Central locally the biggest surprise? I think we all thought Providence would be pretty solid, so I'm not terribly surprised, but undefeated is a big mark. But is Floyd the football surprise here locally? Man, it, it appears they're in the driver's seat, you know, with big win against Seymour. They've won at Bedford, correct? They play Bedford still. They beat oh, they Terre still Haute have Bedford, South. so that's, Bedford. Terre Haute. that's right, that's right. So that's going to be the game to decide the conference. Am I not wrong on that one? I think those are, that's what it's going to come down to. We'll see. That's going to be a, a tough game. It's always tough to play in Bedford. It doesn't matter uh, if it's basketball, tennis, football, whatever. It's tough to play at Bedford. And uh, we'll have to see how the, high, how, how the Highlanders come out on that one. But they have had a remarkable season and have done an excellent job. You know, I think they put themselves in a, a great opportunity to win the conference and have a nice postseason run. Yeah, Bedford 3-0 and in Hoosier Hills Conference play at this point. And that game is September 29th. And fortunately for the Highlanders, it's at Floyd's Knob, so a home game. Oh, even better um, for Floyd. For, um, even better for Floyd. And hey, let's make no mistake, it's hard to play at Floyd too. So it'll be uh, Floyd will be in a good spot there. And uh, anytime you got an opportunity to win the conference at home, that's all you shoot for. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, we'll get back to local sports in just a moment. But did you have time to watch the finale of our favorite show, Winning Time? which documents the story, the Showtime Lakers. And then if you did, what a buzzkill to find out like 30 minutes after the show concluded that not only did the Lakers not win the championship, the Celtics did uh, in that final sh- show of the series, season two, but that the show is canceled and that they're <laughs> at least at this time not going to be a season three. So, Matt, you know, during the show – Let's say the first season was awesome. The second season, the first five, four or five episodes, great. Well, then they start putting in years and series in 10-minute recaps. You're thinking, uh-oh, something's going on here. Then last night at the end, when they're having a big recap of what went on the next couple of years, I told Amy, I said, this is it. They're not running this back. Then I saw on uh, the Internet this morning that they've canceled for season three, that there won't be a season three. I'm like you. And like Coach Lieberman, we can run this thing for years and years and years to come and have so many good stories. Now, the storylines were still awesome. The things behind the scenes that you'd forgotten about, they still touched on those. But, my gosh, you could have really gone in-depth and had many, many years of that. Like you said, it's a favorite show. I love watching it. It was entertaining. I hate to see it go. Yeah, definitely a buzzkill. And same thing as I'm watching it, it all starts to unfold so quickly. They look ahead at so much that happened between Bird and Magic, the Lakers and Celtics. I thought something might be up, but I was holding out hope that, uh, you know, just setting us up for what's next. But you're right, uh, that thing appears to be done. You're a TV guy. You and Amy and the kids, I know, get a chance to keep up with a lot of the big series and all the streaming and things out there. Is it possible somebody else could pick it up? Well, you know, I thought about that, too. Maybe a Netflix or an Amazon Prime could pick that up. I don't know. I will miss that entertainment. That, you know, I catch most of my shows about 4 in the morning when I wake up thinking about AD job during the night where I can't sleep. But watching those shows, there's a great opportunity for that to find its niche on, an, on a Netflix or on an Amazon Prime. You know, maybe like a Yellowstone on a Paramount or something. I think there's a, a, a good chance of enough people get behind it. But so many people I talk to, Matt, say, yeah, I don't have HBO Max, or, yeah, I'm going to wait till it's done and I'm going to stream it and, watch it and binge watch it. So 
I think a lot of people have interest, but I just don't know if they had the viewership on HBO for it. Yeah, something had to be up there for sure. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, let's dive back into sports and really not local, but I know you love college football. You keep an eye on local teams, national teams. Um, what's your weekend watching look like this past weekend? You know, the past weekend, we watched a little bit of Indiana, watched a little bit of UofL, a uh, lot of excitement there. For Louisville fans, it looked like that uh, Lucas Oil was a great atmosphere up there for those guys. But that was it. You know, we, we try to catch Coach Prime. We watched uh, game day and saw him getting excited about that with the Rock. But then, you know, to be honest with you, uh, our old friend Hank Whedon, the athletic director at Salem, he had a little party up there at Salem. We got to go up, have a little Jimmy Buffett revival. Uh, you know, went to watch the rumors up on the square. So we had a pretty good weekend hanging out with local coaches, ADs and such at Hank's house. So didn't get to watch much football this week. What about you? Uh, didn't get, I went to a St. Louis Cardinals game. Didn't get. I watched a little bit of the IU uh, Louisville game on uh, Saturday, but was out of town most of the weekend. So how cool is that village at St. Louis? Say that again. How cool is that village out in front of St. Louis? In front of the ballpark. Cool. Just quickly got to walk through it. First time I'd actually done that. Been to a number of Cardinals games, but first time I had time to walk through the village. Got up close to the Hall of Fame, but uh, very neat. It's amazing how downtown st louis around the ballpark at least has changed in the last i don't know 15 years or so well you know we went to a red game a couple of years ago and went over we said let's go over there early check out batting practice or whatever else there's a whole different world we stayed at the uh what's it call it side the covington side over there and walked across the bridge the newport side and then uh saw the back side of the stadium my gosh what an awesome setup the reds have too it's a, it's a great place to go watch a baseball game at cincinnati as well it's uh they have a little village set up a lot of stuff for kids to do a lot of stuff for adults to do that going to baseball games is a different creature than what it used to be for sure and it's a lot, whole lot of fun yeah no question chad staying with college football for just a moment i know we normally stay on the local sports scene but when it comes to college football, when I was watching that Indiana-Louisville game, obviously I was with a lot of IU fans, disappointment in how that game ended. But it's hard to not think as you watch the Cardinals and we're so close to them, obviously we keep an eye and know everything going on. It's hard to not see Jeff Brom doing some big things there, maybe as big as what can be done at a football program like Louisville in their specific situation. I think he's a, situ a situation where it's the right man for the job for sure. Well, it, sports has such a short memory, Matt. I mean, you think about years ago, it's not even that many years ago with Teddy Bridgewater, with Lamar. There's a lot of excitement at Louisville. Louisville was good as any place to go watch a football game. I know that stuff has died down a little bit the past couple of years and not been as exciting, but it's, it's definitely a huge reboot. And I think Coach Brom is the right guy over there to get things going in the right direction. And playing in the ACC, who, who they're coming in, you can guarantee that Notre Dame game is a sellout. There's no question about that. That will sell out. And we'll get to see where the Cardinals are really, really quick. But they play an exciting type of football, uh, get up and down the field. It's, uh, you know, it's like fast-breaking football. They, they put, try to put a lot of points on the board and make it fun to watch. Chad Gilbert with me Mondays. Chad is the IHSA executive board member for our area and the athletic director at Charlestown High School. Chad, as always, thanks for being with us. Man, I appreciate your run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. 
Thank you very much. And uh, Chad Gilbert with me here on this Monday show. He's with us every Monday. We go through local headlines and get into a lot of basketball normally. You never know where the conversation might go, but he's a fun guest and does a lot for Charlestown and for Southern Indiana and, and promoting our sports. And so it's great to have him with us Mondays to start our week. And of course, we talk high school football. Uh, we've got Steve Kerber coming on Thursdays. He's kind of our high school basketball expert this season. We're going to have a weekly segment with him and always Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune on Wednesdays. So those are the three segments where we really try to put the attention on local sports as we fit in IU basketball, football, recruiting, all kind of stuff. But our focus, definitely Indiana University sports and local sports here in southern Indiana as well. Miss the live show, podcast available. Always find us by searching the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You can find us basically anywhere uh, that you listen to podcasts if you search for us. And always send a text, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. You can save it. You can message us anytime. It's always fun to hear from fans. We get a lot on local sports from time to time, a lot of high school football stuff. A couple texts on that today. And we also get stuff on IU basketball, and the recruiting is big. But we don't get a lot of stuff on IU football. So I'd love to know more about what the fan thinks about the quarterback and this team and their record, their chance to have what their record could be. And, and ultimately, Tom Allen, is he the guy for some years to come, or is he on the hot seat? Could he be on the hot seat if he's not already? Those are things that love to hear from you and share those on our program, 502-414-1450. Have a great Monday. We'll be back with you. I think every day this week, except for Friday, we have a live and local show. So look forward to talking IU football and basketball with you throughout the week. IU a winnable and must-win situation this weekend as they host Akron at Memorial Stadium. So we'll break that one down for you as well as we get a little closer. Back with you Tuesday, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.